How's everybody doing? My name is Sina Palavan and welcome back to the Talk Too Much podcast. This week, my special guest was creative director and co-founder of Artifact Studios, Mr. Chris Lee. I know you guys watching this have heard of Artifact Studios. Artifact Studios is one of the best teams in the NFT industry. They produce everything from virtual sneakers, AR integrated collectibles. They're coming out with their own NFT project, aka Akira, coming out this winter. So Artifact Studios, they have their hands tied in all, all across the NFT industry. You've seen leaks of this project. You can tell this is going to be one of the biggest projects in the NFT space. This is going to be a straight up blue chip investment as an NFT. And remember, this is not financial advice. This is all speculation, but this is educated speculation. You make these assumptions when the best come out with their collections. And Artifact Studios is by far one of the best. From their connections within the esports and gaming industry, which you'll learn more about in the episode, from their forward thinking, their AR integrated collectibles, you've seen their shoes, the stuff that they're creating, they're really focusing on augmented reality. Why? Because they're aware. They know where the future is going to be in 10 years. You hear Chris talking about it throughout the episode. In 10 to 20 years, Half of our day is going to be spent in VR, in the metaverse. And then after that, on the physical world, we're all going to have some chips, some glasses, everything that there will be AR, augmented reality content across everything, across this table, across that light. There will be AR everywhere. Um, AR, in a way, is, is transforming our physical reality into our imagination. So everything in our society is headed towards gamification. Many people are confused. What, what is this? They're arguing. They're trying to fight this. People like Artifact Studios, people like myself, we really just recognize the wave and we're just riding it. That's it. We're waiting for society to catch up to what reality actually is, if that even makes sense. Why I wanted to do an episode with Artifact Studios is I wanted to give my audience an inside look into Akira and into the minds of the creative director of one of the best teams in the game. Like you don't, you hear, you see many NFT teams in the game, but I think that a connection into the esports realm, a connection, uh, a forward-thinking mindset, that is what will make a, a true NFT brand. Vogue called Artifact Studios one of the, the the best NFT fashion brand there is, and I asked Mr. Chris in the video. Do you guys see yourself as more than a fashion brand or just an NFT fashion brand? And he said, we're already more than an NFT fashion brand. And to me, that says a lot. I really am hyped for this episode because I think the whole community uh, is in awe of Artifact Studios. I think the whole community is waiting and excited for Akira. I know I am. I'm a big anime fan. And if you've seen the graphics on these, these are 3D anime collectibles. To the They look so crisp and beautiful to the bone. So I'm very excited for this project to come out. I'm very excited for you guys to see this episode and to learn more about Artifact Studios and Mr. Chris Lee. Without further ado, let's get into the episode, my friends. Artifact Studios. This is the co-founder, uh, Mr. Chris Lee, as well as the creative director. Um, Mr. Chris, thank you so much for joining me and doing this show today. Can We're going to get this started off by, can you please introduce yourself to my audience and explain to me how you got started with Artifact Studios? Hey guys, I'm Chris Lee, or uh, you can call me Clegg Effects, my gamer tag I've had for many, 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 many years. Um, before Artifact, I actually had my uh, early career in graphic design and 3D in the film and music industry. So I worked for a bunch of major labels like Def Jam, um, Sony, designing album art, and in coding 
websites for artists like MySpace layouts and stuff. But after that, I broke into uh, directing music videos. So I directed a bunch of music videos for rappers like Ty Dolla Sign, YG, um, Anderson Pac, uh, Janae Aiko. Yeah. And I moved over to uh, films. So I directed and produced a few films, uh, two starring Danny Trejo. Um, he, if you don't know Danny Trejo, is the, the scary looking Spanish dude who's in Call of Duty Zombies or he's in From Dust Till Dawn, a lot of Robert Rodriguez movies. Uh, then after that, I moved into designing skins. So I, I back in like 2013, skins started to blow up with the Valve Software's games called Team Fortress 2, uh, Dota 2, and Counter Strike. So I designed a lot of Dota 2 skins and then eventually uh, Counter Strike skins. And that's like kind of my start into what's going to be the NFT, right? So I kind of have my foot already wet in, in, into the, you know, the whole metaverse thing with designing skins. Uh, my first NFT I dropped, I believe, in late 2018, early 2019 with this company called Wax. Um, not not too many people know about this, but Wax, when they first started, they, they had a platform called Vigo or VGO. And it was their way of introducing skins to the crypto audience. So they took a bunch of uh, Valve's ideas with, with weapon skins. So they brought me on to give me my own Clegg Effects weapons case where I had a bunch of my skins. And I actually threw in skin sneakers in, uh, into the crate. Um, but how uh, I started Artifact was uh, Benoit uh, discovered me through a mutual friend of ours, uh, another big CSGO skin designer named Brock Hopper. And we worked on a uh, uh, skin together for his esports team. So Benoit was like the brand manager of one of the biggest esports teams in the world called Fnatic. Uh, this was back in like 2018, um, around the same time I was doing stuff for Vigo or Wax. We did a skin together for Fnatic, went viral. Uh, we posted it and uploaded it on uh, uh, the, the Steam Workshop. So that's where a lot of artists like myself upload skins to see if they can get it approved by Valve Software and get it published in their IPs. So the second project, Benoit saw that I was putting my skins that I had already published on Counter-Strike. Um, Cause I have six skins in CSGO uh, and they were going viral. And I even put Fortnite skins on sneakers, like Yeezys, Air Jordan ones on my Instagram. They were getting thousands upon thousands of likes, like 15, 20,000 likes per post. Um, he was like, hey, dude, let's do a skin for Fnatic uh, on a sneaker. So I think the first skin we did was the Yeezy. We, we took like a Yeezy 500 and put the Raven Fortnite skin on it. Benoit noticed that it was like the top performing, engaging post that Fnatic ever had on their socials. And, he was, and we were like, dude, there's something to this. So Benoit had an idea of uh, bringing me on board for a third project where I skinned five sneakers for their League of Legends team. That got invited to the world championship the finals and we had to figure out how to make these shoes for real so benoit discovered this kid named zaptio who was our other co-founder so zaptio in london was this new this kid that was customizing sneakers for like celebrities who took he was known for taking like yeezys and embroidering flowers on it so we brought him on um to basically take my skins and get them painted on these air maxes the League of Legends team wore him on the World Championship. This is streamed online, millions upon millions of viewers. Uh, everybody was hyped about these sneakers. 
all our DMs, including Fanatic socials, Benoit, Zaptio, my socials were getting hit up with people asking about video game skin sneakers. So this gave us the idea to, you know, combine uh, skins with sneakers because we know that the skin scene was massive. People were always trading and collecting skins. Um, kind of like the NFT community, almost the same thing. Cause we're buying skins, trading them on the Steam yeah. platform. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we knew the sneaker hypey scene, they were trading sneakers on StockX, So it only made sense to fuse the both together and thus we created artifact in 2019. And so and the rest was, so you guys in Vogue referred to you guys as literally the best NFT fashion brand out there. But in, and I, as I'm saying, as I'm hearing you talk, I, it's actually it's I think you guys are very forward moving because I also I'm one I have the same belief as you guys. Gaming and NFTs are one like it doesn't make sense yeah. for them to be separate right now. We're literally on a path to convergence. And I was going to ask you, do you see yourself, your guy Artifact Studios is more than a, a as a fashion brand because you guys are coming out with the collectibles project. Do you see yourself transcending beyond uh, just an NFT fashion brand? Yes, um, we had this plan from the start. We always wanted to do more than sneakers, and we have been. We we're doing collectibles, um, skins for games, right? The thing is, we started with sneakers because we felt like sneakers was the most uh, common hype beast collectible because we, we see ourselves as the bridge, right? So we needed to start with something that everybody's familiar with. A lot of Twitch streamers and gamers collect skins and collect sneakers yeah we it, it was inevitable that the both would fuse together and we would be the you know the, the, the true first company to combine it but after that we then the, the second step is to introduce fashion so clothing and everything then after that the rest collectible toys um eventually we want to do weapons right because of my background in weapon skins so that's down the road because uh, once the metaverse becomes mainstream once everybody starts running ar or playing running around like sword art online so we, we, we envision ourselves to be the Sword Art Online. So we want to make anime? our own game. Oh, of course. <laughs> you, you like Sword Art? What did you think? Of, what's your honor? Sorry to interrupt. I just, what do you think of Sword Art? It's funny that you mentioned that. You really think that reality could somehow end up like Sword Art Online? Oh, it's going to be. 100%. Yep. Humans always had a fascination with creating worlds. We were always like that. That's why kids are, you know, creating their own worlds in Minecraft, Roblox. I, I got my start in creating worlds uh, when I first was introduced to modding with Half-Life, right? Half-Life had the, the hammer editor. I was making maps. Then eventually Second Life. Second Life was actually one of the most, the, the OG metaverses. I'm not sure if everybody remembers, but Second Life even had their own form of currency, uh, I believe, before Bitcoin even came out. Like uh, they, had, they had their own currency called Linden, and you can actually trade Linden back to fiat. Oh, wow. So, yeah, when I saw this, when I got introduced to this. that before Bitcoin? Way before Bitcoin. Oh, what? Way before Bitcoin. That's when I was doing crazy. Second Life stuff, I was 12, 13 years old. Actually, four, yeah, 13. Yeah, yeah, around there, 13, 14 years old. Yeah, they, they actually had a, a site. And you people were actually selling digital fashion on Second Life for Linden. And then they even have gambling casinos. I actually ran a, 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 a Second Life casino. I bought a couple um, it's called Zynga machines. And I was making money on it. And, and Linden would be converted back to Fiat. They literally had a, a, a system on their website where you it loaded up your Linden and you could convert instantly to cash. And it went in directly into your PayPal. This was early, early, early days. That was the true first, in my opinion, the first metaverse. Um, because like Warcraft and all that, I felt like it was just more of like a MMORPG, but Lin like Second Life really tried to tie in the physical or, you know, 
not I, I wouldn't call it physical, but like you the think true currency you, to real world currency. Do right? you think that because you're you're talking about major? Do you think that like major IP brands like a uh, like I know Fortnite's working on one with Riot Games or Epic Games. Do you think that that these major IP video like video game brands are going to all of them sell distribute their products and services as NFTs eventually? Yes, because we know a few uh, companies already looking into it. Yeah, we've been in talks with a few major AAA studios, not naming who, but uh, yep, they're all looking into it. So it's gonna happen. So I wanted to to ask you this: What do you see? Because earlier you mentioned that. Artifact Studios, and this is what I kind of view you as too, is kind of like a bridge. I think you guys are one of the more forward-thinking teams in the space. And I actually am of this belief that in 15 years, everything in the physical life will have um, AR embodied, embedded into it. Like, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Superworld. Um, They're an AR platform that's covered the entire earth. And you could literally just integrate any AR content anywhere through this platform. Um, But I wanted to ask you, do you what do you think you guys need to do to bridge that gap and get mainstream and media to fully adopt the nft industry we're doing that right now first off uh when we dropped the jeff staple collab that was a lot of people's first nfts right uh when people you know like one of the things we do is the forging mechanic everybody loves what we do with the forging mechanic that's the first layer can you please explain that that to my audience Really quickly. Sorry. Can you please explain the forging mechanic? Yeah. So forging is, uh, you know how back in like the nineties or a lot of these action movies where bad guys had access to the $100 money plate to, to basically print hundred dollar bills. We treat our NFTs like that. You own one of our sneaker NFTs or, you know, later on when we're doing clothes, you can forge clothes. Um, it's a plate that allows you to forge physical goods. They get shipped to your house. It's one of our uh, methods of kind of solving the whole sustainability issue because, you know, a lot of major brands on sole product, they burn it, right? Like Louis Vuitton, they burn all their stuff to kind of maintain their brand rep- uh, reputation. With us, like think about all the wasteful pro- uh, materials used to make physical sneakers. When a sneakerhead collects a bunch of sneakers, he's not going to wear them. He's just storing it in the back of his room, like hundreds of boxes of Jordans or Yeezys or whatever, right? Uh, we're trying to solve that for the sneaker community as well, where the collector who just wants to flip, he doesn't need the physical product anymore. He just has to own our NFT and flip. But then the guy that wants the physical will buy the digital version off of him and forge it for a physical, right? And even the, the, the flipper, he can forge a physical and go flip the physical on StockX and then keep the NFT. And the NFT's value gets maintained because we can always host forging events, just like uh, owning like a golden ticket to always get a physical sneaker. Um, and then on top of that, we have the AR utility where, you know, uh, people would be able to flex their sneakers in augmented reality. We really genuinely believe AR is going to take off because it's, it's easy to spot the pattern um, with everybody using face filters for a while on Snapchat, uh, Instagram, TikTok, and then looking at massive companies like Apple stepping into the AR space with Apple Glass. And it takes someone like Apple to really mainstreamify augmented reality. The thing is, they didn't even invent computers, right? The, the technology was always there. Apple just comes in and makes it sexy, make oh. it you know more home friendly. And I, I knew Apple would always come in later down the road to, in, to start getting into the VR, AR space to make it more mainstream uh, for the audience. 
What really quickly, what do you see as when you say AR is going to be fully, you know, integrated into society? What is that vision in your head? Um, so it's kind of like a, a Rick and Morty thing, right? Where we're going to be hopping into different dimensions and portals and stuff. So we'll have our physical plane of existence, right? Just the physical matrix or whatever you want to want to call it. And once you put in contact lenses or Apple Glass. Every building, everybody is going to be covered with some form of a AR graphic, 3D, you know, avatar buildings would have a cooler representation of that building where you'll see dragons flying around it. Um, people, it will be like Sword Art Online. If I forgot what's, what's the name of the, the Sword Art movie, but they were battling monsters out in the street, right? Um, and then on top of that, you can then port yourself into VR worlds. So AR, I feel like, will just be the upgraded version of Earth. And then there will be people in different worlds, which is what VR is going to, you know, take on. So I actually couldn't fully agree with you more. I, I actually, you said earlier, I've, I don't know if you're familiar with the movie Ready Player One. I feel like you guys oh, are, yeah, <laughs> so I feel like you guys are like the creators of, of the Oasis right now, like early in the early, 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 early days. That's the, the way you guys are the only ones that are, there's a lot of teams and focused on the metaverse, but I feel like with your technology and your AR implementations, like you guys really see the vision. And actually that brings me to what I, I'm most excited about uh, is your upcoming collectibles project. Um, I read your, the recent medium article that came out. I personally think this is going to be one of the biggest um, projects of the year for many reasons, but I just know that you guys wouldn't drop one if it wasn't going to be. Um, so if you could please explain to my audience, what exactly is Akira and, um, when is it dropping? Uh, again, I can't give an exact date. Mm -hmm. We're not rushing this at all because this is our main, main project that we, we generally, uh, believe that's going to be the biggest artifact project and it ties everything back together by the way. So that's all I can say. It ties everything. If you own an artifact, please hold on to it because it's going to, it's going to tie everything together. You're saying if you um, own an old artifact. Yep. Yep. Okay. It's going to tie everything together. Uh, it's basically our universe now. It's like, uh, do you remember when you started watching, you know, Iron Man and Spider-Man and all that and eventually Disney or, you know, the Marvel, the Marvel cinematic universe came out, it tied everything together. That's what we're doing with this. But on top of that, you know how we're known for always coming up with crazy utility same thing with this uh so that's why we're taking our sweet time making sure it's perfected we don't want to just randomly drop a pfp project and that's it right no this is going to be super super long term we're always going to evolve it um add insane utility experiences for it uh that, that you know that's all i can say right now <laughs> but i want everybody ask waiting for it it's it's well worth the wait. That's all I can say. And that's the project. I knew you guys couldn't go too much into specifics. That's just the project yeah. I'm most excited about. I wanted to ask you one quick question mm -hmm. about this is I noticed that off the sneak peeks, you guys released um, two things. Number one, they're 3D renders. And then number two, they're anime inspired, which I've not seen an anime inspired 3D render. So I was just going to yeah. ask you, well, where did the anime inspiration come from uh, to create to, to center your entire project, uh, you know, around an anime themed collectibles project? Um, first off, being a gamer like uh, Benoit, Zaptio, and I, years ago, we always noticed Gen Z posting anime pics as their PFP on Steam, and anywhere, PlayStation, Xbox. They always have an anime avatar. 
So we knew we wanted to do something with, with that. Second of all, we're all anime fans, like all of us, like huge fans of Akira, uh, Evangelion, you name it. We're all massive fans, uh, each one of us, uh, especially uh, we're, we're three generations apart. So Benoit, you know, he was introduced to anime way before I was because uh, apparently in France, they always played anime back in the day before America. Did. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yep. So he was way in anime. Uh, you know, me, I grew up on like the Cowboy Bebop, uh, you know, Evangelion, etc. Pokemon. Dude, what about right? One Piece? Oh yeah, One Piece. I've seen only a couple of episodes. Like, uh, I I I'm a tech sci-fi nerd. Okay. Right? So I like anything in anime that has to do with mechs. So Gundam Wing, Evangelion, all that. Um, and then Zaptio, you know, grew up on Pokemon. Or not Pokemon. Sorry, I'm, I grew up on Pokemon. Zaptio grew up on Yu-Gi-Oh. So he's a Yu-Gi-Oh fan. Yup, me too. Uh, and he has his own, you know, anime <laughs> that he grew up with. So we just we are all big anime nerds. So we always want to do an anime project. And the thing is. One thing I notice is 3D anime is always hard to do properly, right? A lot of game studios and anime studios, when they do 3D anime, they somehow always have to add cell shading to it to kind of fake the 2D anime look. I didn't want to go that route. Like our whole team, we're trying to challenge ourselves to make a PFP project that looks really good, but you know, like uh, doing something that no one dares to do, which is anime 3D, because it can look really bad. Like even uh, uh, Studio Ghibli's last film, where it was all 3D, it looked horrible, like in my opinion, because they didn't know how to do 3D anime properly. So that's another thing of why this project's taking a long time is because we had to figure out the art direction and how to really do this properly so it looks good. So far, we're really happy with the results. I, I noticed the details actually ridiculous. Are you like, are you personally yourself? Cause you said you start off in design. Are you familiar with 3d renders? How to do, how to design 3d? Yeah. My, I did 3d in 1997. That's when I first started 3d. I was always a 3d guy. So what? Yeah. What? So a, yeah go ahead. There's a video on YouTube on my YouTube channel where it shows my 11 year old self uh, doing my first Pokemon inspired 3d short film that I submitted to uh, elementary school, my elementary school film festival in 1997. Uh, and 3D was something I grew up on. I've always done 3D forever. Uh, That's actually that, absurd that you did that at 11 years old. <laughs> yeah, 97, man, 1997. So 3D is my passion. That's kind of how I came up in the industry, especially in hip hop and for music videos, because I was one of the only film directors and music video directors who knew how to do my own visual effects. So I was able to undercut a lot of directors. So if, if you went to another director, right? And you hired him to do a music video, he's probably going to charge like 50 to 100 grand because then he has to go to a VFX studio and pay a lot for VFX for that music video. I did it all in house by myself. I did all my, my own post editing, modeled robots to robots in my own music videos. And I was able to keep my music videos five to 10 grand, undercutting everybody. So that's, that's Damn, how I kind what of. The <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Same with my movies too. So if you've seen the trailers for my movies, like one of my movies was on Netflix uh, that I produced. I produced. Can you give me the name? I'm actually going to watch it to one of them tonight. Zombie Hunter. So it's okay. like a B budget, uh, you know, grindhousey type of film. That movie we did for a budget of 90 grand. If you looked at the trailer, it easily looked like a million dollar movie. Dude, I was about to say that I've never heard of a movie with that budget. That's crazy on Netflix too. VFX. If you do your own VFX, you do your own editing, everything, you undercut everybody. That's just how it is. Yeah. So, so I, and I think to me, that's one of the most useful skills. I actually self-taught myself 3D this earlier this year. Um, oh, I realized how hard it is exactly. Like I use Cinema 4D 
and then I transferred over to Blender. Blender is way harder to me, but I was what what software do you use out of curiosity? Um, I yeah, what's funny is I can actually use quite a few, but my main weapon of choice is Maya. It's oh like, really? Yeah. So Maya was the industry standard, and it still is. So back and Blender is actually old too. Not a lot of people know that. So when I in '97 when I started, it was coming up was Maya, 3D Studio Max, and Softimage, right? And then right after that, later on, Blender came out, and it was always open source and free. But Blender was the laughed at 3D package back in the day because all the pros use Softimage, Maya, or 3D Studio Max. 3D Studio Max, I that's my first package I learned before migrating over to Maya. So 3D Studio Max was more used for video game assets, right? Maya was used for uh, movie cinema, VFX. So like they used Maya back in the day on Spider-Man, like the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. Um, Softimage was used for Jurassic Park, like the first Jurassic Park and Toy Story and all that. Yep. And then uh, I just stuck with Maya because it was always the industry standard and still is today. Even though uh, when Cinema 4D got introduced, Cinema 4D, when it came out, was mainly used as a MoGraph tool. So, you know, like the cool movie titles, that's all 3D. That's what Cinema 4D was used for. But every single 3D package all just like borrowed, used each other's uh, tool sets and everything. And they're all pretty much the same thing now. And I, I tell everybody, it doesn't matter what 3D program you use. And once you know that you use one, you can use all the other ones. And they all will use the same thing. It's just all about your artistry and how you see things. You can literally create the same results in every and package. I yeah. think what's interesting, what people don't understand of why 3D design is probably one of the most useful skills in this in the crypto industry is because... You know, we, you and I share a similar belief that 10, 15 years from now, the people we see each other from the screen is going to be our secondary identity. Our primary is going to be the one in the virtual world where we'll probably spend eight to 10 hours of our day making money for our families, just interacting with people. But right now we're not there yet. You guys are one of the only teams that are, are really trying to bridge that gap. What do you see? Because there's so many virtual worlds, Somnium Space, Crypto Voxels, now uh, Pixel Vault's coming out with their MetaHero universe. Like, and I'm sure you guys, a lot of other people are going to create their own games, like virtual worlds. And as you were saying earlier, how, because humans are obsessed with building worlds, how do we bridge that gap? And, and is, do you think there's ever going to be a day when all these worlds combine as one? Like, what is that definition of a metaverse exactly? Um, right now, it's very hard to combine all the worlds because uh, you have to think about um, how every single metaverse experience has different engines, right? Uh, especially when I was doing skins for Dota 2 or Counter-Strike, they both, even though they were the same engine, they both had their own specs and requirements. There are a lot of guys out there are trying to make it so that one uh, 3D asset works in all multiple worlds, but that's very, very hard to do. The only way you can do it is, and with the beauty of blockchain, since you have metadata and uh, this cool tech to back it, you can create multiple assets for different games that's linked to that one NFT. So say you had a NFT, one of our NFTs as a sneaker. Uh, in a different game, it wouldn't just be a sneaker. It would probably have an avatar that represents that sneaker with the same uh, colorway, right? Then say there's a game that only uh, uses uh, uh, medieval armor. We can take that same sneaker, have an artist recreate a sword based on that sneaker and stick it into that game. So that's how I feel like initially we're going to start linking all these items together is a lot of artists who are, uh, you know, like it's their forte to design for specific games. They'll make recreations of their initial NFT and plug it into the respective games. Right. So that's how we'll start for now. But eventually um, in the future, I just see everybody having their own metaverses 
and the way it's linked is like how I describe it. But I don't think like sometimes you won't be able to port the item into all the metaverses. You're just going to, you're going to live like a hundred different lives. Do you see what I mean? Like you're going to, yeah. you're going to be portal jumping kind of like Rick and Morty. Like, shh, 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 shh. Uh, but, but other than that, uh, it just, it depends on AI too. If, 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 if AI has advanced, uh, you know, high enough to take one asset and kind of port it into the different engines and maybe, but other than that, I feel like it's too soon to, you know, really predict that right, right, right now. Yeah. I think that for me, um, so I actually work at an NFT development agency. Um, I'm a vice president of operations that I just got hired and we're working. We really are focused on esports teams. And you mentioned earlier, you guys are anime and gaming fans as well. Right. Um, so, and, and I think right now, I think that for the NFT industry, it's time to really focus on the gaming industry. And I wanted to start off on the esports side because it seems like you have experience with both a little bit. <clears throat> From the esports side, you what do you see as the next? Because you make big major esport, like you see Valorant, you see all these other games. Do you think that a game me and my friends are excited about, Illuvium, for example, in December, or any other blockchain game can become a major esport? Yeah, of course. Again, uh, the way I look at the metaverse and NFTs, it's just the new internet, right? It's yeah. going to take everything we're already used to and just make it better with, and connect everything together with blockchain. Um, so there will be some VR game that will be huge in uh, as an eSport title. Like a, There's one game I used to play heavily with VR. Uh, I think it was called uh, Echo, Lone Echo, or not, no, what is it called? Like, it's, it's Lone Echo, but there's another version of it, like the multiplayer version where you throw like a disc and it's similar to... Uh, Ender's game, you can play it on Oculus Quest uh, or you know the Vive, but it's really sick. So the next step is some sort of a VR game uh, where it's like a you know either a battle royale or something. It's it's gonna happen. It just takes a triple. Do you think the graphics are updated enough for that? Oh yeah, yeah, it's getting. Oh there. really? It's definitely getting there. Yeah, 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 it's getting there. And then uh, even imagine a, an AR esports title, so where you have to go to a park like a soccer field Holy shit. and you can use like virtual AR weapons or something. That would be pretty sick. It's going to be ridiculous, yeah. bro. It's going to happen. Yeah. So when you say this, like, for example, let's look at Valorant. Um, Cause you, you mentioned that you did skins for counter-strike and Valorant's a game that's been compared to counter-strike quite frequently. Do you see a title like Valorant? Um, transitioning into this nft industry because if something like that were to happen you know and i know we all know fortnite's coming soon but do you see like these major esports teams uh suddenly gearing and suddenly doing a complete 360 and going getting into blockchain i know you said earlier that you you can't say any and that you guys are in talks with but i'm just talking about the major esports teams major esports brands yes so i have a I, this is a story i always tell time and time again there was a guy i knew so this is when I was uh, doing a lot of Counter-Strike skins. There was a big YouTuber named McSkillet. And he was the biggest CSGO skin YouTuber. He had almost like a million subscribers. So something horrible happened. Um, and this is why skins should be decentralized and not centralized, right? So a lot of game studios right now, all their skins are on their own servers. I don't like that. I feel like skins should be decentralized. So CSGO skins, uh, they were a huge part of skin gambling. So skin gambling... Um, was huge in 2016 it still is today by the way uh the, the government started looking into it and valve they never really cracked down on it before but they they, they started to um with 
trying to take down CSGO gambling sites and case opening sites. Uh, this guy named Skillet started his own CSGO uh, case opening site called CSGO Kingdom. They sent him a cease and desist, and then they also shut down his inventory. He had millions of dollars worth of CSGO skins. They were able to shut it down. He got depressed. He hopped in his McLaren in San Diego, went the opposite. You pull this up on the news. Opposite freeway, hit a mother and daughter, killed them, disintegrated his McLaren. You know, he, he just killed himself. All because his inventory was shut down. Not, not a lot of people realize this. A lot of these skins are living on, you know, the video game uh, studio servers. If they shut the game shuts down, all the money you spend on these skins could just disappear, just like that. So I feel like this is going to be a huge hot topic when more people are realizing their skins are centralized and they're going to want their skins to start to become decentralized. And every studio is going to have to adapt to that and start switching over to a decentralized system for their skins. Uh, that's actually crazy. Do you think that it's it's a quick transition? Do you think these uh, these studios are going to be quick to do it, or do you think they'll be pushed back? They'll be pushed back. Uh, some studios, the thing is, they're making tons of money off of their centralized system, right? Like why? And I think the resources to switch over. Um, what, what what's going to happen is the studios need to make a whole separate brand new game based off of NFTs and blockchain. It's, it's hard to transition their current game and platform over to a decentralized one. Fortnite. So they'd have to recreate Fortnite, you're saying, basically? Yes, essentially. Yep. I'm not saying it's not possible, but it's easier to just make a brand new game that's NFT based. So what would be, okay, so for, from Fortnite's perspective, because there's the biggest rumors that they're actually working on a virtual world. Why, why does Fortnite do that? Why does it help Fortnite to do that? Um. That's a good question. Again, it's, it's, it's all about the founders and the team. If they, if they believe in what I believe in, where I feel like skins should be decentralized and everybody's heading towards a metaverse world, they're going to have to adapt to it. Right. Like look what Facebook is doing with the horizons. Um, and, and, and you can kind of see the pattern with Fortnite. Fortnite has been trying to do the metaverse thing for a while. That's why they, they tied in all the IPs. They have everybody from like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Today, they just announced Will Smith. Will Smith is now a skin. LeBron was Fortnite. a skin a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, LeBron was a skin not too long ago either. So I feel like they have the vision. So these guys are probably a bunch of dudes who are way into, you know, the metaverse and the potential blockchain and everything. So that's probably why they're going to slowly try to transition. Do you, think, do you think that as we move forward and – you just mentioned that that when someone loses their skins on a centralized server and you you saw your story just told what, what can happen. Um, I, I would argue that, OK, let, let's put it in perspective right now. If you, you know, a crypto punk is your social identity. I feel like a crypto punk is basically your skin pre 20. Like if, if 2040 is the oasis that you see in Ready Player One, a crypto punk's like your avatar right now. You know, this is your digital identity right now. We're on a screen. We're not in the metaverse. That's kind of your identity and you're. That's you're paying so much money for these uh, profile pictures, these collectibles, your identities. Would you not say that these skins, quote unquote, are probably going to be like going forward? I know this is going to be outrageous. Probably the most important asset you have. That's your literally your complete digital identity. I was going to say this. Uh, I, I, I've actually it's funny how I'm very as I go more and more in this space. I'm starting to realize like everybody in the NFT community is full on board with this vision of they're living 20 years into the future. Um, to end this interview off, I want to ask you a couple of fun questions. Um, 
you said you're a big gamer and anime fan. I, I consider myself, I was a big gamer. I'm more right now focused on anime. I just, I have a lot of work, um, but I really am actually stressing myself out to game more. What are some games right now that you enjoy playing uh, for, for my, for my audience and some animes that you enjoy watching? Um, games right now, man, I've been so busy with a care project, but before it was Dota 2. It was what? Dota, Dota 2. Okay. It's a MOBA. It's a, MOBA like League of Legends. I was always a huge Dota fan. I was playing Dota since it was a mod in Warcraft 3. Um, and then time and time again, I'll just hop into Counter-Strike. Um, I played a little bit of Fortnite. Uh, I haven't, you know, surprisingly, I haven't played Valorant yet. Right when it came out, came out I just got super busy with, uh, with Artifact. Um, the last trendy game I played, to be honest, I, now I remember it was like Among Us. So I was playing a lot of Among Us uh other than that um if if i do get back into playing games it's always dota 2 man because i like i like strategy i like games that use my mind heavily um dota 2 is like one of the actually it is the hardest game to play dota 2 like literally way harder than league of legends do you believe that there's um as i said earlier that we will be in a a day where we completely earn our income completely off gamification and ai does normal day-to-day jobs oh of course yeah um new tech smart city society uh yeah i've I've actually looked into a lot of these uh, articles and videos but um you can probably it's probably gonna happen i i read an article recently about uh, nevada there there's a bill or something where they're allowing uh some rich billionaire to make a smart city ran completely by blockchain in nevada and you'll be able to set your own laws and everything within this uh city um but, you know, where it goes from there is, uh, you know, I can picture like Boston Dynamic robots and Elon Musk's, you know, SpaceX robots or whatever that robot they introduced, uh, a Tesla bot, right? Tesla bot to come in and just do all, you know, the, the, you know, the jobs like, you know, the blue collar jobs. Um, I can even see them eventually replacing medical doctors, lawyers. And then literally you so you think all- AI can replace medical doctors, too? Yeah, they will be. There's, there's no doubt about it. They're going to replace all that. Um, then what's going to happen is uh, we're all going to just live off of everybody's own social currencies. So there's going to be all kinds of currencies, right? And then uh, NFTs and art will be a big part of this society. And everybody's just going to trade, sell, uh, you know. It's going to be a real-life RuneScape kind of. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yep. I wanted to see that food. Um, maybe food will be free too right? There'll be robots that just mass produce. Honestly, I, I wanted to say something The I had a meeting yesterday and it was not with this guy, but I, this guy knew this guy. And so the head of AI at Google believes that, and he's widely known as one of the most respected like AI people in the world. He believes, and let me know your thoughts on this, that 20 years from now, we will all be connected by like to the cloud via our cerebral cortex or whatever it's called. So all our thoughts will be connected and we're going to literally operate as a hive through a cloud server and our yeah, own like, like, sorry. Yeah. With Neuralink. Yes, exactly. Happen. What do you think that's actually going to happen to the point where now our thoughts are connected? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yep. So there's going to be, there's going to be have to be laws and everything to kind of like prevent a lot of bad shit to happen to you yeah. because yeah, I, 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 I can envision there'll be like gates so you can turn off and on of like uh, every time you want to be connected to the hive mind or not connected to the hive mind. Um, 
I know it sounds scary and Black Mirror-ish, <laughs> but like, because uh, there's a lot of things you can, uh, the, the cool stuff is, imagine you're watching a live Twitch stream. You're watching a gamer player game, right? But I feel like with this, sports will be fun again, because now you can just sink into one of the football players and, you know, feel him getting tackled. Like, oh, yeah. So imagine, you, you... So imagine like, imagine like, uh, uh, you know, like Tom Brady or someone um, just taking a massive hit 2050 with cybernetic parts. He's a row, like half, <laughs> a half cyborg guy and he's playing football. And then the, the, the crazy thought is there's probably a million people within his mind in his consciousness experiencing what he's doing. Oh, yeah, so it'd be like, yeah. Oh, so literally what you were saying, it's like literally watching a Twitch stream. Yeah. But you're, you're him. Yeah. You're in his mind. It's connected consciousness kind of a thing. Yeah. That's actually outrageous. What do you see? Do you see that this is do you what do you do when people like because I tell this stuff to people and they they usually look at me like I'm weird or, or skeptical. What do you say to people that don't believe in this vision? Uh, I get this a lot, too, man, because I, I have to sit there and explain to people skins when skins are big. And then now I'm explaining to people what the hell an NFT is or a metaverse is. I'd say go watch a lot of science fiction movies because they almost end up being true. Every Give me a good science fiction. I, I want to watch a good science fiction movie tonight. I feel like you know some great ones. Uh, first off, The Matrix, um, Terminator, Ready Player One, uh, Sword Art Online, amazing science fiction. You like Sword uh, Art Online all the way through? Uh, so, yeah, kind of. It, it kind of gets boring towards uh, the end. There's, there's a movie I like, though, called Sword Art on. Hold on. Me, there's, there's one. Google it after this. It's a Sword Art Online AR one about the, the future of AR. That's that's my favorite one. There's a movie? Sword Art Online AR. Okay. AR movie. Yeah, it's on Hulu, I believe. Uh, another good science fiction film. I love Blade Runner. Genuinely love Blade Runner. Um, another one, Prometheus. Like Oh, dude. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even want to get in. That's my biggest fear because I really believe that. Like, I really believe like that. I believe we're a secondary species on this planet, and people look at me crazy. Yeah, of course, yeah. bro. Well, there has to be. Um, we're we're probably like a mix of apes and some alien species. Like, yes. The only thing I'm really tripped up on is why we're so emotionally, cognitively like aware, like how our emotions are so strong as like humans compared to other species. But there's no way other stuff aren't out there. I was going to ask you this because I don't want to take up too much of your time. I always ask all my guests this. Um, if we were to have a conversation a year from now, where would you say Artifact Studios is? Wait, sorry, repeat that question again. If, if we were... If we were to have a conversation, let's say a year from now, where would, oh, you, what, where would you say Artifact Studios is? Uh, we would probably be the biggest... Uh, NFT metaverse brand that pretty much lives everywhere. So it doesn't matter what game you play, uh, what new metaverse uh, experience comes out, you'll find artifacts in there regardless. Like we are going to be the Louis Vuitton, the Gucci, the Supreme, the whatever you want to call it, but of the metaverse. When you say that, when you say that, do you, okay, so like from a consumer standpoint, I'm, you know, Cena, the metaverse uh, tourist. How would I go about flexing this? The the this? Do I buy your avatar? Do I, I rock your AR shoes? Like, how would I go about flexing this Gucci NFT Gucci? 
Um, again, forget about the avatar stuff because that would I would accidentally leak the, the answer to your question. But with let's just say the shoes, right? Um, owning one artifact NFT sneaker, you'll be able to wear in real life because you can redeem it. Then you can go ahead and flex it in Decentraland, Crypto Voxels, Sandbox. Then you can go into Snapchat, use the AR filter. It, it basically lives in all those dimensions. Because right now, the old collecting mine is you buy an Air Jordan 1 and you could only wear it outside or go to a party or meet up with someone and they can check out your sneaker, right? But now you're going to be able to express it, show it off to the world through multiple dimensions, right? And some people can't understand that, but I'm like, I always tell people, if you if you spent that much on a sneaker, an Air Jordan 1, wouldn't you like more of the world to see it, right? Instead of just like the physical realm? Because there's, there's millions of players on different video games, right? So if you can show that same sneaker to the masses, that's what we want to do. We want people to express their fashion and themselves to more than just people living in the physical plane. That to me is, is the most exciting part is I don't think a lot of my peers uh, realize exactly what NFTs are and what you guys are doing. I think that, you know, one look at like your TikTok, your, your team's TikTok, and a lot of these people would, would suddenly believe this interview and the things we were saying. Um, Mr. Chris, I don't want to take up that much more of your time. Uh, I want to say thank you for actually doing this interview with me. Um, I will be posting it probably on Wednesday. So if you see some notifications Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I go, I do guerrilla marketing three days of the week. So I'm sorry. Genuinely. Oh, no worries. Yeah. Thank you for having me, man. This is awesome. Okay. Uh, of course. I actually can't wait to, first of all, I will say this. I also said this the moment I saw this about Akira. I'm very excited. I also think this is going to be one of the biggest, if not the biggest collectible project of the year. Um, and I'm a big fan of you guys. And if you ever need anything, please reach out my friend. Thank you. Appreciate it. Got you. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Be safe. Take care. Got you. Ooh.